welcome back to another episode of Acting with Asha. Now, I want to talk about relocating today because I know it can be a dilemma or a good thing or great thing that some actors face. So I could think of no one better to talk to about it than my good friend Julia Van Gelden. She started off in South Africa, then went to New York, LA, and now she's in London. Here's what she said. So I am originally from the Netherlands, but my artist journey began in South Africa when I was still going through school. So I started singing at 10 years old. And then when I was about 17, 18, I actually got my first agent. And then I got into acting. Wow. Um, from there, I did a bit of modeling, acting. I did at this arts convention in Orlando, Florida. And then I happened to also audition for the New York Film Academy. I got in on scholarship, decided to do acting for four years. And that's how I kind of transitioned from place to place. So my first introduction to America was Orlando at that convention. But then when I started school, I started in New York. Mm -hmm. and then transitioned there to Los Angeles where I got my bachelor's. Wow. Yeah. So I'm going to look at like each part of your journey in more details. That is a crazy amount of traveling around. So you're definitely the right person I'm asking about this. You were born in the Netherlands. I was born in the Caribbean, actually. You, what? Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what do your parents do? So it was really for my dad's work. My dad loves to travel and so does my mom. So mm. any opportunity he had to move to a new country with the company that he was working for. So he's worked with a couple of different companies. He's worked for Heineken, uh, South African breweries, Tanzanian breweries, and then currently a different one. Um, so that's just kind of what he likes to do. He likes to travel from place to place. And when we were in South Africa, I think that was the longest period of time I've spent in a country, which was more or less 10 years. Yeah, And that gave us, me and my sister, the opportunity to grow up in one place and really establish a home, establish friendships, finish off school. And then from there, we're kind of traveling again. So, so what age, so you're in the Caribbean, and then what age did you go to the Netherlands? I never lived in the Netherlands. Oh, you didn't. I so never this is where lived he's there. From. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, my, both my parents are from the Netherlands, and yeah. yeah, and I was born on a Dutch island in the Caribbean, which is how I still have that nationality and that citizenship. But wow, yeah, that's so exciting. <laughs> So interesting. And so what age do you go to South Africa then? Uh, I think I was two. Yes, I was two years old when I moved to South Africa. And then when I was five, we moved to Congo. Then from I was about eight, nine when we moved to South Africa again. And that's when we spent that long period of time there. When I was 18, about to turn 19, right after school, we moved to Tanzania. Wow. And then from Tanzania, I so transitioned to New York. What? Was it like in South Africa performance-wise? Were they quite encouraging there? Was there a lot to do? I think it's the same as anywhere. Mm. I think right now Cape Town is great for music, you know, currently. But what we had and what I was very lucky to have was we had a school which encouraged the arts mm -hmm. a lot of the time. So we had a stage there and we had this talent show and when I was 10 I kind of just decided okay I'm gonna sign up for the talent show this sounds really cool never sung a day in my life I just kind of signed up and I was like let's go for it and I went home and I told my mom I said mom I signed up for the talent show and she freaked out <laughs> she was so nervous for me she's like wow what are you gonna do <laughs> and I said I'm gonna sing and she's like what are you gonna sing and I had no idea I was like unwritten by Natasha Bedingfield that seems like a good one and my Aww. mom was like what are you doing <laughs> 
And then we had a couple weeks to rehearse, so my mom sat me down and she made me practice for two hours every day because she didn't want me to embarrass myself. And I was so relaxed about it. I thought, you know, I'll get in or I won't. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. But my mom was so adamant, adamant about getting me in. She sat me down and she made me practice for two hours every day. And when you're two years old and the, or ten years old and the sun is shining outside, you want to be outside. You don't want to be indoors practicing. Yeah. And I got into the talent show. Wow. I got in. They just asked me to change the song. And then my mom freaked out even more. <laughs> <laughs> she was like, oh, no, she got in. <laughs> And for like two, three weeks, we were rehearsing every day for two hours and I ended up singing Sand in My Shoes by Dido. And it was just a minute and a half, but it was an audience of 400 people. That's how large our auditorium was. I was 10 and I didn't realize how exciting and nerve-wracking it would be like right before. Mm. And it was such an adrenaline rush afterwards. I just thought to myself, I'm going to keep doing this and I'm never going to stop. It's like, this is just, this is it for me. Then after that, joined the choir. I did the djembe drum group. I did marimbas. Yeah, choir was my big one. I eventually took singing lessons a year later. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. My my dad was really, so I'm the kind of, I was the kind of kid that would try everything. Yeah. And my parents would kind of invest into it. And then a couple classes later, I'd be like, I'm done. I'm not interested anymore. (laughs) So my parents were so fed up with me there. They were just saying, Julia, if you really want to take singing lessons, you have to prove it. So then I sat myself down every day and for two hours every day I would practice and I would be really, really loud so that I would be sure that my parents could hear me (laughs) and like I could prove to them, I'm ready, I'm ready. Wow. And how did you get into acting? How did you go in that direction? So acting scared the life out of me. That was something. There's no introduction with music. There's nothing to kind of set the pace, set the mood acting is really from you Mm. and you know it's with a scene partner as well but when you're working on a monologue that's that's completely you so for me that was the next level vulnerability for me that I thought okay this is something that I want to get over this is something that I want to really invest in and see how far I get this is when I think I auditioned for something. I can't remember what it was exactly. I didn't get the audition, but I got recruited by the agent that was there. Was this at <clears throat> school still? No, this was outside of school. So oh. as I was growing in school, I yeah. kind of started taking singing lessons from other teachers outside of school as well. Mm. And then I started doing competitions, I think around 15, 16, that yeah. weren't within the school. It was just, I wanted to branch out. I got recruited by that agent. And I think that's also the the fun thing about the arts. The more you you put yourself out there, the Mm. more people see you. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. And, you know, that's also exciting because you never know who you're going to meet. And this agent put me in modeling and acting classes because she's like, you're good in front of the camera. And that scared the life out of me because I'd always really relied on my voice. I never relied on my appearance. And actually, as a teenager, I thought I was ugly. (laughs) I thought I was really like, I didn't have any self-esteem regarding that. All my confidence was instilled in my voice work. And when I realized that there was potential to monetize on my appearance, I was like, oh, (laughs) this is exciting. (laughs) I was like, this this is all I have to do is just look nice. (laughs) 
And obviously there's more to it. It's not just, you know, looking nice. It's hard work because you have to work out. There's diet involved. But these were things that I was already kind of doing. Yeah. I like to take care of myself. It's just so for me, this was just like, oh, this is exciting. But then acting was the next level. Yeah. And when I took classes, she immediately put me in improv classes. At what age did you start looking at going to L.A.? And Oh, that was uh, more my dad's idea. I really... Oh, no, actually, New York was my dad's idea. So I was... So you went to New York before L.A.? Yes. Okay. Yes. And um, there was that option or you could start immediately in Los Angeles and start and finish your degree there. But you had that option to do that first year in New York City. And my dad was very much like, if you have this opportunity, take it. Mm -hmm. But I started looking into going to Los Angeles when I was maybe 15, 16. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I knew that singing and arts was my end goal. Yeah. Yeah. So you applied to this course. Tell me about the course that you did. So it was a acting for film course, which is interesting. Yeah. I love that. But it involved everything for acting. So voice and movement courses. And then we also did actual voiceover courses as well. And this was at the New York Film Academy. Academy. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. and then how did you apply for that? Oh, Online. <laughs> Just online, online. Yeah, and then they held auditions. It actually kind of coincidentally worked out. So I think I auditioned when I was 17. Mm-hmm. And when I was 16, the school was already in my mind. When you got accepted, mm-hmm. were you scared that you were going to be going to America? No, I was so excited. <laughs> I was like, I'm out the house. Bye. <laughs> So you did you like how did you pack? What did you pack to bring with you? <laughs> Everything I could. Literally just like my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was so excited and then my parents forced me to take a gap year. I know that sounds like so ridiculous, but my parents were really like, Julia, you need to calm down. Just take it easy, take a break. And I was like, I'm ready. <laughs> Let me go. <laughs> Oh, so they didn't let you go to <laughs> No, no, no. They were like, just take it easy. You can spend a year with us. Because I think my last two years of school were so hectic because I was mm. beginning to get work. And I was also beginning to really, really invest and I was getting results. But at the same time, I had school. So I was balancing these things yeah. out. So at some point, I was actually submitting in school projects and doing tests two weeks ahead of time so that I can fit in my art schedule yeah. along with it. And very busy year the last two actually the last two years were very busy and my dad kind of saw me burn out Mm. and he said just take the time now to relax to sleep Mm. um to just take it easy which I didn't appreciate at the time but now looking back I can appreciate it because I still you know when I went to New York City it was still very busy and it's good to take that time in between like that resting period so that when you do start, you can start full force yeah. and really go for it. And wh- when you went to New York, w- did they help you with accommodation? Oh, yeah, that was sorted. When it comes to living and things like that, I think the arts can be so difficult and unpredictable sometimes that when things are predictable or you know that there are things that are in your control, I don't take that for granted. I'm like, yeah. OK, easy. Let me just tick this off the list. Done, 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 done. How did you find that year in New York? Tough. I think that was the most rigorous schedule we had. Mm. Yeah, we would sometimes be at school for 10 hours a day. Wow. Yeah. And it's a high energy city, Mm -hmm. right? And sometimes it's excitement, sometimes it's frustrations. There's a whole mix of emotions in that city. And 
I think when you're very sensitive to energies,、mm. it can be overwhelming. Yeah, which it was for me. But I think if you've got the money and if you've got time to take a look at the city and have that experience there, I think it's one really worth having. Do you think you could do that without money on a budget? I think when people really want to do something, they'll make it happen.、Mm. Would I be able to do it without money and a budget? No. <laughs> Let me just be very clear. No, no, no. I don't think I could. That's why I've never gone. <laughs> I've never had the budget that I needed. <laughs> so, so you you knew that you were always going to go over to LA after. Yes. And were there other people going with you? Or yeah, kind of. But I don't rely on other people to go with me. I、yeah. think that when you want to do something, you just have to kind of rip the bandaid off、mm-hmm. and do it, and then you'll figure it out. Yeah. Right. That's the exciting part. So if you want to be in this business, you have to enjoy things being unpredictable, things being exciting. You have to be able to manage the highs and lows of life because they will be there. Yeah, for sure. That's a guarantee. I think you also have to be very happy to make friends wherever you go because、mm. this business is simple. If you don't network, you don't eat.、Mm. Even if you network, you might not eat, so to speak. Right? It's. I think you have to really, really enjoy it because. It's one of those risky businesses that most people will advise you not to take. Yeah, and I think when you have that urge to already go for it,、mm-hmm. then it's because you have a calling to it. Yeah, and when you invest in that calling, you know, really make sure that you invest one hundred percent and enjoy it, whether it's fast, slow, whatever it is, just go for it because you're living the kind of life that most people are too scared to. Even try. They're too scared to dream of it. And if you're dreaming of it, if you're taking part in it, and if you're really going for it, you're already living the life that most people wish they were brave enough to. Amen. <laughs> She nailed it. <laughs> no, I, I, I thousand believe, percent believe everything you say, and it is incredible because so many people are scared, and that can be half the battle sometimes. Just、yeah. to not think and go for it. Yeah. Did you have anything lined up? So obviously you had the course lined up when you went to LA. But yeah. Did you have? Did you make contacts ahead of time? Were you emailing or anything like that? Or there were some, but because I knew that I was going to school, I knew, especially after New York, that it would be a full time job、mm. doing school. So I thought, no, let me just really focus in on this right now. Make sure I do well. Yeah. Because I took that four year course and I wanted to condense it into three so that I could. You know, get out there as fast as possible and really start working, working, working.、Um, no, I just sometimes you just go for it, you know. But I think what's really good to do, if you don't have those contacts and connections, is to start looking at film festivals to go to, any、mm-hmm. sort of networking events, even entrepreneurship events and memberships are really good to look into. Just you know, do some research because there's so. There are so many options that you can look into, and sometimes it'll cost a little bit. But I think the network and the relationships that you have the potential to build from those events、mm. might be what end up paying you back later down the line or in the long haul. Definitely, yeah. And what did you find the difference between living in New York and LA? Was it quite a because di- they're quite different worlds, aren't oh, they? Oh, they're so different. But <laughs> I prefer Los Angeles one hundred percent. I've after that first year in New York, I thought, okay, I've done one year. That's enough. Yeah, yeah. 
it's very um I would prefer to speak with somebody that's polite versus somebody that's using abrasive language. Array, and yeah. that's very much in the culture of New York, which is fine. Mm. I'm not there to change an, an entire culture of people, but I can take myself out of the situation if it's not working for me. Yeah. Yeah. And in Los Angeles, it's a networking city. Mm. You know, so you have to be ready to network. You have to be ready to make friends. You have to be ready to get involved. I enjoyed my time in Los Angeles. Um, and I met some really cool people also. It's, um, it's kind of weird who you come across just randomly at a dog park or at a diner. <laughs> There's so many artists there. Wow. <laughs> you just come across all sorts of celebrities, all sorts of people just casually. Do you drive? Did you drive when you were yeah, in LA? Yeah, I did drive. And you have to drive. This is what I hear people yeah, say. You do have to drive, especially if you're going to work in films and productions and things because the location could be anywhere from an hour to three hours away maybe even mm. four hours but then you would stay local whenever you arrive on location do you have to do a new license when you do all that or, yeah. yeah 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 hard or i mean i just i don't think Fairly it was hard. like a yeah. day thing or is it? yeah it was a day thing it depends on what side of the road you're used to driving on yeah for me, that was my first time, so like, okay, well, this is it. <laughs> and with with doing the course, your visas were all sorted out and everything. Yeah, with the course, yeah. But after the course and after you do your optional practitioner's training, mm -hmm. the visa application process can be very expensive and very rigorous. How it's, much ballpark um, would you say? Around $5,000, yeah. $6,000 for an artist visa. Do you think it was worth it? Mm, no, I mean, that's also why I'm here, because... Yeah. I think streaming, Netflix, the internet has made so many things possible and everybody wants to be involved in media. It doesn't matter where you are and everybody has access to everyone. Mm. You don't have to be in a specific location anymore. Even the bigger productions, there were so many big productions like Marvel productions that were shot in South Africa mm. while I was still living there because it's cheaper. It's L.A. is very expensive. Yeah right? Um, easier than New York, still expensive in general, especially if you need a car and all sorts of other things. Do you think you have to be in LA to be no, an actor? No, 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 no. I think it's a fun experience. They mm. were so, oh my gosh, me and my girlfriends did so many weird things. <laughs> not that kind of podcast. No, 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 no. But I mean, you know, it does... It like based on who you know you can get invited to some of the celebrity parties yeah. you can get invited into we went into i think it's jay-z's club one oak it's usually about a hundred dollars per person entry we got in for free nice and we got free <laughs> drinks also <laughs> Why just not? from knowing yeah. the right people and that's what i mean it's a networking city so mm. if you know some very exciting people you can walk through so many doors. Tell me about Lighthouse. Okay, so that was my thesis film. And yeah, that was the oh, that was the most daunting project. I'd never done anything in production before then. And we had a couple of classes, but I still felt that I was not prepared for it. Mm. So I over-prepared. That was such a fun project. I've never been more invested and more um, proud of something, I think. Because it was a personal story. Yeah. 
it was about working your way through trauma, you know, mm-hmm. um, using dance as a method of working through trauma. It's just kind of linked in well, because when you've got trauma of the body, then you got to work through the body, I think. Yeah. I'm not a psychologist, but I felt that if you work through the body mm-hmm. and you kind of get that, you know, you embrace that kind of feeling and you kind of surrender to it and you let it pass. Did you find it easy being in a project that you were producing? Yeah, that that was much easier, actually. It's easier if you're willing to take the responsibility for making hard decisions. Mm -hmm. One thing about producing is you have to be willing to be honest with people to their face and you have to be willing to set the standard. Yeah, you have to have some difficult conversations. Yeah, sometimes you have to have difficult conversations and I see no reason in lying to someone. I'm very honest and straightforward about that. But you have to be brave enough to do that and even something as simple as making phone calls to strangers, you have Mm. to be willing to just do it and ask. Yeah. And you have to be able to negotiate rates and things like that these are all but these are all skills that when you learn them they benefit you in any area of life that's true yeah right so better get them out of your system now Mm. work on it at least practice them and then you have them for life still And that brings you to living in the UK. Yes. <laughs> You're in London now. Welcome. Um, Thank you. <laughs> how, how was it coming over here? Was it difficult, like, you know, in comparison? Was it difficult oh my finding gosh. your apartment? And... The climate. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, it was just, I came here in the middle of winter and I had no idea. Sometimes I'm so oblivious to these things. I just kind of sit there and think to myself, I'll figure it out. <laughs> No, it can't have been as bad as, like, New York weather, surely. Well, no, it's just when I arrived, I think it was 3, 4 p.m. and it was dark. And I thought, what's going on? (laughs) Coming from, you know, sunny California. You're like, what have I done? Can I go back? (laughs) It was so funny. But I think I was just so determined to find an apartment that I was just like, I've got my five goals set. This is what I'm going to focus on. Don't mind everything else too much. Just go there and figure it out. So did you have a place lined up when you moved here? No. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Where did you stay? I stayed with a friend uh, the first week. And then the second week I stayed with a family friend in Kent. Yeah. Everybody was very kind to have me oh that's nice <laughs> it's very nice so yeah. you knew a couple of people when you came over here yeah i do helps. know a couple of people in the uk yeah yeah that's the thing about traveling also you have a network kind of everywhere mm. right and that's why make friends don't burn bridges be kind i think people rely on each other more than we think we need to yeah And it's always nice to have that additional help when you can get it. You can't count on it being there, but when somebody offers, it's nice to know that that's an option for you. See, I've always been impressed because you've made friends really quickly. Like, I think it took me about five years to actually talk to anyone. And then you're like, yeah, I just know everyone in Greenwich. Which is is crazy. But I guess because when you come from somewhere like L.A., where people are used to just talking to people in the street, you've got that attitude. And because it's not it's not that British people don't want to talk to people. It's like they're too scared to do it themselves. So when someone talks to you. So if you're the person that starts the conversation, you will make lots of friends here. But no no one will ever be the first to talk to you, I feel. Yeah. (laughs) Do you feel that's how it is or...? I felt that a little bit. Yeah. Actually, it was kind of overwhelmed with how friendly everyone was here. Yeah. So 
even though LA is a networking city, I feel like the um, the attitudes of people are different. So、mm-hmm. there, it's very much like network, network, network. What can I do for you? What can you do for me? And here, it was like, oh, if we're gonna be friendly, then we're gonna be friends. Kind of, you know. I really、yeah. got that impression, and that was overwhelming for me because everybody was so kind、Aww. that I did speak to, and I thought, wow, I need a break. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay, I need a break. This is too overwhelming for me. <laughs> I was like, why is everyone so nice? <laughs> Not that、oh, people、gosh. aren't nice in LA, but it's you know such a different attitude towards making friends and.、Um, Being available to people and companies, etc.、Yeah. This was really oh no, we're friends now, right? It's sincere, it's authentic, it's、yeah. really a connection, connection, and I appreciate that a lot. I really appreciate、Aww. that, but it definitely took me some time to get used to.、Um, but yeah, no, I I just have it in the back of my mind: if you don't network, you don't eat. It's that simple. <laughs> it's not a bad attitude、yeah. to have for a performer, to be fair. And t-、yeah. tell us about your podcast and what you have coming up. Oh, my podcast is the upcoming project that I'm working on right now. It's my passion project. It's、uh, this was the perfect time, actually. Obviously, COVID nineteen is one of the worst things that could happen. I think to a lot of people.、Mm. I'm lucky enough to be able to feel secure in my home and my life and have the lifestyle that supports me. Right, being able to live and still do things and invest in passion projects.、Um, yeah, no, salty sweet is something that I've been wanting to do for a while. It started off as a travel blog in 2016, and then I kind of let that slide when I went back to school. And then when I came here, I thought, okay, this is the year I'm going to revive it, but I'm going to do it as a podcast. And it went from travel to things that I believe in. So. Themes that I think are important in life to learn about, so feminism, equality, inclusivity,、um, letting minorities have a voice. I think these are all very relevant and important topics to target because the more that we're aware of ourselves and our environment, the more that we can really blend in and understand each other. And I think that's something that acting's taught me also is to. Come from a place of understanding.、Mm. When you come from a place of understanding, there are so many more things that you can achieve. Yeah, right. Definitely in your relationships, in your work, in anything, it opens up so many doors and so many passageways, even in your brain and the way you think and your mindset. Because everybody has something to contribute. Definitely. So good to listen and keep an open mind. Amazing. So, how can people listen if they want to listen to? Ooh,、it? if they want to,、um, which they do. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so,、uh, so, the Salty Sweet Podcast is on Apple Podcasts. It's on Spotify. It's on Google Podcasts. We recently got accepted into Amazon Music, and then also iHeartRadio. If you have that app. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming and chatting. It's been amazing. Thank you so much for having me, Jade. Thank you, as always. Thank you for listening to another episode of Acting with Asha. For any questions, please get in touch with us at www.jadeashervoiceovers.com, and don't forget to subscribe or follow us at Jade Asha. Thanks again. Bye.